Welcome to the Moments of Joy podcast. My name is Camille Joy and I'm the host of this show. This podcast is dedicated to a very special group of parents, parents raising children with disabilities. There are an estimated 240 million children across the globe living with disabilities. And here on this podcast, it is my goal to create community for the parents raising them. Community locking arms from all over the globe. I pray that as you listen to each episode that has been handcrafted for you, you leave encouraged, you leave strengthened, you leave educated, and you even leave with some resources. So come on into the room, take off your shoes, relax, come on and take a seat on the couch and let Let's experience moments of joy. Welcome back to another episode of the Moments of Joy podcast. We usually start the podcast by greeting the MVPs, and that are that is the most valuable players, those of you that press play on every episode. And I'm so excited about today's episode because I'm sitting down with Nadia Farita, and we are going to be talking about mental health, anxiety, and all the things. She is a licensed therapist, and she is here with me today. Well, I probably didn't introduce you as well as you could do yourself. (laughs) I'll pass the torch to you to just, you know, introduce yourself to everyone. Yeah, sure. I am so excited, Camille, to be on your podcast. My name is Nadia Fiorita. I am a licensed therapist and I specialize in helping women and adolescent teens who struggle with anxiety. I've been in the field for about 13 years and Right now, I have a private practice that is 100% virtual, and I'm based in Miami, Florida, um, and I'm really, really excited to be here. Awesome. I don't know if I knew that bit about Miami, so I'm a little jealous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Houston's weather isn't bad, but nothing beats Florida. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you're you're in Texas, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I found you um, from Instagram, of course, but I was really drawn to your reels because of the word anxiety. Um, I suffer from anxiety in most parents raising children with special needs, especially mothers. We do at times. Um, I will tell you, since the last time we spoke, <laughs> I had a breakthrough and, it, and we'll get to that. But it was from one little thing that I did. I think the last time we spoke, I said I was having anxiety every day. Yes. I think we talked before before the new year, right? We had that initial Zoom and connected. And, and yeah, you, you said your anxiety was pretty pretty persistent. I think you were feeling it pretty strongly. That's what I did. I stopped drinking coffee. I didn't realize. Really? I kept researching and I was like, I'm doing everything. I'm exercising. I'm doing everything. But the one thing I'm a, I'm an extreme coffee lover. Mm. Um, the one thing I didn't do was stop drinking coffee. And it was like, after the first week. Wow. I was okay. Now, you know, now it's more situational, which is a lot like a lot of the parents that I know, you know, when yes. our children are going through, when our children may have a meltdown, we 
are not okay. And some of the stress levels of a special needs parent in my research um, studies show that it is to be compared to a combat soldier. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised by that at all. And, you know, I think in our initial conversation, we talked about the importance of um, really putting, you know, as a parent, putting your own mental, emotional, physical well-being, making that a priority. And look, like, you know, parenting regular children, Mm -hmm. right, quote unquote, normal children is really, really hard. Parenting is the hardest job. Right. And so and then when you, you know, on top of that, have, you know, children that have special needs or that might be having some mental health challenges, you know, that adds another layer to it. And as a parent, I believe that parents really want to show up as their best selves. Right. And that's they want to be successful. They want to be a really good parent. Mm -hmm. And I think prioritizing yourself is so, so important. It helps prevent burnout. It helps you deal with stressors, you know, more effectively. Um, And it also can help prevent some of these longer term, you know, health problems that might come up, right? Mm -hmm. If you continue to have stress and anxiety and, and you're not, you know, doing the things and getting the support or, or really trying to engage in, in effective and good self care, um, you know, you're more likely to have these longer term, you know, health issues. Right, right. So I think, I think that it's okay to be unapologetic about just prioritizing ourselves. Uh, You know, I just, I, I spent a lot of time just pouring, pouring, pouring. And I realized I literally was like on the verge of feeling like I've never felt before um, in a negative way. Yeah, <laughs> like my- really kind of burdened, right? right. And like on the yeah. verge of a breakdown, right? Like it's like, I can't take this anymore. I could leave this house and walk away from everybody in this home. <laughs> like I was almost there about to lose it. And I re- and I, I kept having crying spells and, and I wasn't, you know, going through my cycle. And I was like, this is not healthy. And so I would love to just dive into why parents prioritizing their own well-being is so important and some of the simple things that we can do um, so that we don't feel so overwhelmed and stressed out. Yeah. Yeah. So like I was saying before, I think it could really help prevent, like you were saying, these, you know, real moments of burnout and feeling like you're at your wits end, right? And you could just like get in your car and drive away and like never, right, come back. Like those are real feelings for parents. And I think it helps when you, when you, you know, are unapologetic about your self-care and you prioritize yourself, um, you're able to also rest and recharge and regain that focus, that energy, um, you're also, like I said before, able to handle handle stressors more effectively. Maybe the smaller things won't set you off as much, right? And you're able to really kind of respond to things just better, right? And and better for you, better for your children. Yes. Um, and I was going to say one more thing too, and I just lost my train of thought, but it'll come back. Uh, yeah, I'll jump in while, while, and maybe it'll come back. Uh, but 
I remember just more recently, one of my friends had come into town and I went out to hang out with her all day. I told my husband, I'll be back later. And basically you, you know, you handle home and I'm going to hang out. When I came back home, it was like nine 30 at night and I had took Mason and put him to bed and he had a meltdown. So he was an hour of crying and I, it wasn't a burden because I had filled up my cup all day. I didn't feel stressed out and overwhelmed. And I was like, what a difference. And, and this is such a necessity. Yeah, but that, you, you made me remember the other thing. You're also yeah. modeling it for your children, yeah. right? If, the, if they see that that's you're good. just pouring out, pouring out, doing for everybody else, they, that's, you know, they learn based on what you do, not what you say. So if they, if they know that you're doing this, that's really healthy modeling for your children too. It is. And, and I, it is so difficult for so many parents to just do it on a consistent basis. But I just, I really, really do not play about prioritizing my mental health and wellness now because I just, I can't be overwhelmed all the time and it's not fair. So that's right. Yes. I I realized we moved ahead a little bit. So I want to get back to the why behind your brand and why you got started. Yeah. So I became a therapist um, because of my own personal experiences, because of some of the things that I went through earlier in life. And I got to a point where I was really, really curious about human behavior and why we do the things that we do and how experiences shape us and how we can thrive. And so I, you know, it's funny, I went to grad, I went to undergrad for business because Mm. that's what my dad kind of did and my sister. And I was like, okay, I guess this is what I'm doing. But I found that when I was in, you know, college, I was reading all of the books that a bunch of my friends are teachers. And so the books that they were reading, human development and family studies and human psychology and human behavior and all of that, I really kind of was like, this is really interesting. And I found myself reading those outside of just, you know, my academic schedule. And so after that, I became, I went to graduate school and, and became a, a mental health clinician. So I just love, I believe that we are meant to thrive mm-hmm. and that we're meant to live you know, fulfilling, meaningful, happier lives. And I want to be a part of that impact. I want to be a part of helping people do that. And I know that you do too. Yeah. Right? Like that's, that's, that's what your brand is becoming, right? Yeah. I really, really, really do because I could, I could talk about my personal experience, um, you know, really being overwhelmed, but I know what, the parents are going through because I'm living it and it is a load that is so heavy. And my child I'll say is only autistic, right? There are more severe cases of people who their children don't move. They're quadriplegic. They're, they have cerebral palsy. They have epilepsy. They, they have, I follow someone who has San Filippo disease and her child could stay up for 72 hours. And San Filippo is childhood dementia. So she's going back now and she knows that her child will pass away soon. Those things are major and major. You're right. 
them every day. We have to show up and we still have to be a mom if you have other children and a dad and you still have to be a husband and a wife and go to work. And a provider, right? All of the things. So how could you not prioritize yourself too? We have Right. And that, you know, we, we, you asked me like, what are the simple things that, you know, parents can do? Um, And I, and I think even, you know, taking short breaks in your day, if you can, can be really helpful. It might not seem like a big thing, Mm -hmm. but if you can step away and, and do something for yourself for 10 or 15 minutes to help you recharge or de-stress, like that makes a difference right? Like if you can do something that shifts your energy, that shifts your emotions in a positive way, that helps you to kind of promote calmness or relaxation, that can really, done consistently, that can make a big difference, right? And the other thing too is seeking out support and community. Like I, parenting can be very rewarding, right? And it can also be challenging, especially with all of the things that children can can experience and, and the challenges or or illnesses that they might have. Um, and so seeking that support and community is really, really important. And you are helping to provide that, right? Like, uh, it, I, I don't know. I just can't say enough about being able to talk to other parents or go to other parents or have that community so you don't feel so alone and you know that what you're going through is like is felt and experienced by other people. Yes, that that the last sentence right there that is major. What a relief to know that wow, your son is not potty trained either, and they're well beyond the mark. You you feel horrible as it is to have a five, six, or seven year old, nine year old, ten year old that's not potty trained, but knowing there's a world of other people going through what you are, it, it does make a huge difference. You if are you so- feel that and if you feel so isolated in that, that can really contribute to, you know, ongoing anxiety and depression and stress. And, and we know, you know, the science yeah. speaks to how important it is to be connected to other people and to be surrounded by a community. And, and so that's, that's a really important piece of it too. Absolutely. And so because of a lot of what we talked about, we develop anxiety and, you know, we many for many people, they feel it daily, maybe just weekly. But what are some tips for dealing with anxiety when we can't help the cause? Hmm, Such a good question. I love that you're asking this. Um, And I, you know, I, I wanted to share a few things that I think might really kind of be helpful to to anybody that's listening. And I think part of it is focusing on what you can control, right? You might not be able to control the diagnosis or, you know, certain challenges and difficulties and stressors that might come up, but you can choose how you react, how you respond. And there are going to be certain things within your circumstance or situation that you can control, you know, like, can you think of, can you think of, of something for your situation that you were kind of able to say, oh, okay, certain things might not be within my control, but this is in my control. Yes. (laughs) One small thing was that I closed the door and don't let Mason come in the bathroom with me anymore. 
He he gets so upset and he may cry, but that's in my control. He's all right. He's fine. He's not harmed. But I need two minutes without you pulling on me while I'm using the bathroom. <laughs> so I can control that. Right. So it's those small things, right, that that maybe didn't feel like it was going to make a big difference, but maybe it has made a big difference. Right. And and yeah. you know that he's OK. Right. He's upset. Absolutely. It's hard for him, but he's but he's OK. He's okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The other thing that I think is really powerful that might be so, so hard is trying to really focus on what you might feel grateful for. Mm. We know that gratitude, you know, can really help shift you into a different mindset, into a different mental state, feel better. You know, the science is there behind it. And even if it's small things, like really kind of training your your perspective, your brain, your mind to kind of really identify what you might be grateful for or thankful for. Um, and I've noticed for me that when I start to do it, it might not feel like there is anything, right? Especially if you're kind of like in that negative mindset or you're feeling really anxious or you're carrying the weight of the world, it might feel like everything is going wrong. But if you just start with one, you know, then I notice when I start that process, it really kind of opens it up. And I'm like, wow, there's all these things that I feel really grateful for, right? Um, And we know that that helps with with mood and having a more optimistic mindset. so I think that could be really powerful too. Yes, absolutely. I truly believe in just gratitude. And even last week I was laying in a bed and all of a sudden I started thinking about like the worst time period in my life. And this is like 12, 13 years ago. And I was like, I don't know what that is or why I'm thinking about that. No trigger or anything, but I'm going to turn it around. And I just started really thanking God for everything, you know, match with the negative thoughts that were coming. I was just like pouring in the gratitude. So that's major. That's amazing. I love that. I love that. Um, The other thing I'll say is, you know, I think kids, even if they have a mental health challenge or um, they're struggling with, you know, anxiety or depression, kids know how to have fun right? Kids know how to play. It's just inherent in who they are and what they do. And they really know how to be present in the moment and kind of just do what they want and have fun. And I think, I think parents can probably learn something from that, you know, like I think creating those playful, fun moments, um, is really, really helpful for, for you as a parent and, and within the family, you know, environment and, and the family kind of emotional state, if that makes sense. Yes, ma'am. Moments of joy. (laughs) Yes. I, I need family time that fills my cup, you know, um, just letting the children see you smile with them and really just, I, we need those moments. We had, I had so many of them growing up, and um, that's so important to me as we raise our children as well. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah, thank you so much. You're now, welcome. how does diet play a role in anxiety? 
Well, it, it definitely plays a role. We know that, you know, what you eat is going to impact your mood, how you feel, how you think about things, how you behave. Um, and nutritional psychiatry is really a growing, a growing and emerging field right now. Um, and there's a lot of healthcare professionals that are talking about how nutrition and diet really plays an important role in mental health. And there are some, you know, good studies out there that suggest that. So really being able to, um, you know, decrease the foods that might cause anxiety, like processed foods or refined sugars, fried food, you know, all the things that taste really, really good. Um, those things can cause inflammation and inflammation is connected to um, mood issues, emotional problems, behavioral issues, anxiety, stress. So choosing whole foods, you know, vegetables, fruits, um, healthy fibers, um, those are really important. And we also know that if you struggle with anxiety, you're likely to have, um, you know, nutritional deficiencies. So, you, so adding in supplementation can be very helpful too. And if I might just say one more thing, gut health and, you know, um, the, this understanding that what we feel is not just in our heads or our brains, but also in our guts is really, really important too. And, um, you know, th that there's science that connects that to anxiety in kids, depression in kids, you know, autism spectrum disorder too. So, so parents can really kind of start to educate themselves on those things if they want to help support their children and, and themselves really. Right. It's not just kids. Yeah. Adults too. Absolutely. I'm, we're really diving into, to changing our home and the way that we eat and what reading the labels and really focusing on our gut health and detoxing. And um, we've seen like a major change in, in our son Mason um, really just, focusing on giving him more whole foods. And we removed red dyes and blue dyes and yellow dyes. And it, it made a major change. He what changes so have, what changes have you seen in him since th that's amazing, by the way, like, thank you. and, and the dyes piece is really, mm -hmm. really important. Um, so um, the major piece was hyperactivity before, we changed, he would be jumping on the counter. And I mean, daily on the counter, he's broken the dining room table, the couches. He's just like, boing, 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 all day long. He would not sit down. But around December, when we made that switch, I noticed that he would sit for a half hour now. And, and I'm like, wow, all we did was really remove red dye number 40. And so that took us, you know, to where we are now. My husband's you know, he's more, he's buying fiber and all kinds of stuff. He's <laughs> more of a label reader than me, but we're trying to really do better. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I loved you. I love that you saw, a, you know, a pretty noticeable difference in your son. That's, that's huge. And I'm not surprised, but that's, you know, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, so I'm excited to see more. If we can just get him to sleep through the night. <laughs> That'd be good. All right. Well, how can we notice? How can we notice um, anxiety in our children? I know 
I have a few friends, one of my sisters who who have children who have anxiety. And um, so it always makes me wonder how can I pay attention and notice those things too? What yes. I look for. So some of the common, and and look, like this is kind of a generalized um, answer. You might see different things depending on the age of your child and, you know, developmentally where they might be. Um, but some common things are really um, excessive worrying. Um, they might be perfectionistic. They, you know, you might notice that they really try to do things really perfectly and they can't handle making making mistakes. They can't tolerate making mistakes. Um, you might notice difficulties concentrating or focusing. Um, you might notice some irritability and anger, which might seem like an unexpected symptom, but um, those are connected and can be associated with anxiety. Um, stomach aches, like physical symptoms, right? Because anxiety manifests in our bodies. And we were just talking about, you know, the, the connection with the gut microbiome. So I, I know that a lot of children will, will complain of somatic complaints, so stomach aches, headaches, things like that. Um, you might notice that your child needs a lot of reassurance, like maybe more so than, than a typical child might. Um, avoidance behavior, so if they um, tend are... are starting to really avoid the things that they find stressful or anxiety provoking, that can also be a signal too. And look, you, you know, your kids best, right? You, you're with your kids every single day, you know them. So really kind of tuning into your own intuition and gut. If you're, if you're noticing something or you're picking up on something, or you notice a change in your child's behavior, follow your gut, right. And, and get curious about it. So is that helpful? Yeah, that that's really helpful. As I was listening to you share, I wondered if that would be the same for adults. Yes. I think, <laughs> I think when I first started having anxiety, I didn't know that it was anxiety. I would just say I feel a little jittery mm -hmm. um, or nervous. I didn't right know. Right on edge. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. And, it, and I guess... I, my husband always says we are the information age. So, you know, with more people like yourself who post content and through the pandemic, I really learned that, oh, wow, I, that's anxiety. I have anxiety. Right. Mm -hmm. right. right. And then that helped me to go to therapy. Can we talk about the importance of therapy? I feel like culturally, if I could just speak to how I grew up, we didn't we didn't go to therapy. I know my mom went to therapy for some things, but it wasn't something generally that was talked about or encouraged. Um, and so I would love to dive into the importance of that. And I think also a misconception that people have is that it has to be something wrong, deeply wrong in order for you to go to therapy, like you have some trauma or you're crazy or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I uh, therapy um, can be such a great option for people to get support, to gain awareness, to make changes in their lives, to really kind of just process and talk about everything that they might be going through or carrying. Um, you don't have to be in crisis to seek therapy or support. You don't have to be crazy. You know, I think as 
you know, humans, we, we all experience a range of, of things that contribute to how we're feeling and, and just different stressors and, and being able to kind of talk to someone who's professionally trained, who has the skills and the expertise, and also is really kind of this unbiased person, right? Like it's, it's, it feels much different for you to talk to your therapist who, you know, isn't a friend or isn't a family member who might have an opinion or might be judgmental about what you're bringing to the table and who could really kind of provide that non-judgmental space so you can work through things. And it's not, you know, a therapy, a therapy session or, or therapy sessions or a therapist isn't meant to like fix you or, um, you know, because you're not broken. You're really just going there because of some of the things that you've gone through or you're going through. And in order for you, right, because we're talking about the importance of well-being, to show up as the best parent that you can, having that self-awareness, really kind of exploring, well, how am I feeling about things? And how am I coping with everything? And what challenges, you know, do I have going on? And I mean, it just really kind of provides that space for you to figure all of that out. Um, and the therapist is a guide, is a, you know, someone to listen to, someone to help you shift your perspective on things, someone yeah. to to hold you accountable. Um, so, yeah. And you, and you can share a little bit um, about your experience too. And in my family, you know, we're Italian. We're hardcore Italians. You know, they, you know, we, we, we kind of go through things and we don't talk about it in our family, you know, and that's just kind of the cultural thing that, that we have. And so, um, even in our family, as I think about the, the changes that we've made, like my siblings and I, and, you know, we've, we've been able to seek out support and it's been amazing. Yes. And I started going to therapy, honestly, because I was like, all right, I am going through so much with Mason. At the time, I was up at night very often, and, and it was just a lot of pressure. Um, Worrying. Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I have other children, and then I'm a wife, and I was like, okay, I have to go to therapy. Um, and so I went thinking that I was going to go and just talk to her about Mason, but she helped me to get to the root of the anxiety. And it actually had nothing to do with Mason. (laughs) It actually had everything to do with my past trauma. And, and, you know, she looked at me one day and she was like, you, you have PTSD and it's nothing to do with Mason. It's everything to do with what I made reference to at the beginning of this episode, that time period in my life, I was going through a custody battle with my older children in their dad and it was just horrible and nasty and very stressful and that caused a lot of trauma yeah yeah and that I still years later even though that was what over 10 years ago I was still carrying it yeah it's crazy how that works right how something yeah. that happened so long ago can stay with us and still kind of impact how we feel and how we think about things and the worries that we have or the anxieties that we have so yeah yeah, absolutely. Yes. So I think that therapy is an amazing tool. And I'm just so glad to speak to you today and just have my community to meet you and know who you are and know 
what awesome resources you have. Can we talk about um, some of the resources that you have and your page and where they can find you? Yeah, of course. So, um, and I actually, I recently just changed my Instagram handle. It was, you know, Nadia dot your ther- your anxiety therapist, but I switched it because I tend, I have a more holistic perspective, um, you know, as a certified coach and mental wellness coach, I really love having that holistic perspective. So it's at holistic anxiety therapist. Um, and right now I only provide one-on-one virtual therapy, um, for, adolescent teens and adult women, but I am really kind of trying to focus on what else I can offer my community. I know that therapy is not for everyone and that's totally okay. Um, I also know that it can be an investment. So I really want to come up with different, you know, offerings and services for, for my audience. Um, I do have a short mini course that I, created in September. So it's, it's a lower ticket offer. It's $37. It's really kind of key science proven strategies to help, um, help women overcome having anxious thoughts. But I am in the process of, of, um, redoing that and making it much better. So I'm excited to, to start working on that. Awesome. Thank you so much. I was looking for you under your other handle and I, and I was like, where is she? But I found her. I found you. <laughs> it's funny because through this, you know, I don't know if you're, if you're getting, you know, Instagram verified, but I realized that you can't change your handle or your, your profile picture. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I don't love this handle. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, as we wrap up, is there any other special message or anything that you would like to say to the parents? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think I really wanted just to give kudos to you for creating such a an amazing community and for kind of stepping out. Um, I know one of the things that I had written down in terms of, you know, dealing with something that might be out of your control, like a challenging diagnosis or an illness is really being a catalyst for change. And I think that's what you're doing. You know, you, you've really kind of built this platform, this community, this podcast, you're, you're getting ready to, you know, do your live event. You are like the epitome of, of being a catalyst for change. And, and I, you know, I have to really kind of give you kudos for that. So thank you so much. That means everything. I appreciate it. And, you know, just want to give um, parents a space, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I appreciate you and we look forward to supporting everything you do. And I look forward to continuing to see your reels and um, support you in the future. So thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. All right, guys. So don't forget new episodes of the Moments of Joy podcast. They drop on Wednesdays. And always remember that you have the opportunity to receive joy. Bye-bye.